You are listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Melbourne to Baltimore, from London to Piraeus. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you'll never lose the latest updates and stories of the team you love. This is our team, our city, and our land. You're listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast. Welcome to the Gate 7 International Podcast, your official source for all things Olympiakos FC and Greek football. My name is Peter. I'm here with Adi Bulubasis, my co-host. We've just had a very disappointing draw. 0-0, no goals, a lot of possession, but didn't finish at the end of the day, Adi. It's a frustrating way to, to drop points in the league, and uh, you just you just... You wish that we have the decisiveness to score in those moments, and it's another one of those where we can't get it done. And as a result, Panathinaikos get the last laugh, taking points off of us. How you feeling, Adi? Peter, it's L's all around today, buddy. Uh, I left my my normal laptop, my work computer, at my mother-in-law's. I'm on my desktop. It's serviceable, but you know, can't use the green screen with it. I have this heavy super gamer headset on instead of my nice airpods and blue it's just l's all around today my friend uh disappointing draw like you said yeah we'll get into the details in a little bit yes it's it's not great um people listening in the chat live right now feel free to drop your comments and uh and just air it out it's it's not a great a great way to uh, to end off the weekend here, but I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, definitely quite a different a different match in general than the uh, Fenerbahce game. Um, Yorgos Masuras, you know, I'm not going to criticize him too much, but it was a bit of an off day for him today. I would say um, Tiquinho an off day as well. I think which we come out with a new formation with the four four two. El Aravi, maybe not his best day either, coming back into the starting 11. Um, so the attackers just didn't have it going today. I thought we were most threatening on set pieces, but ultimately we just couldn't bring one home. Had a lot of chances, but we've we've had this story before and we didn't score. And, um, you know, I'm sure the XG is going to be favorable to us and and that will be something that, you know, I'm sure Adi will talk about and uh, if Adi does a post-match, but like, at the end of the day, we do have to bring into question the the ability of this team and these players to consistently finish home the chances because, you know, we see it in, in Turkey and then we don't see it uh, in Pireos today. You know, Peter, thank you for bringing up XG because we actually did just get a comment on Twitter just as we started. Uh, looks like it's from a Fenerbahce fan. Uh, SO at Sweetie Kids. When I said you got lucky, a lucky win three days ago, nobody cared. You made fun of me, but you got a really lucky win. If the shot taken by Pelka was a goal, we would have won. Uh, I didn't know Pelka's goal was worth three, three goals. Yeah, that, I wouldn't go that far, guys. Look, even we went, I, I put the data up. Uh, it was included in, in my post-match analysis that I did. 
it it was the xg was 1.97 to like 1.3 so two to one was still the expected goal like we had the better opportunities we had we had didn't have as many but our opportunities were all within the box they were all dangerous opportunities so i'm sorry i'm not i'm not on board with that and for what it's worth like i can see the argument where a 3-1 result can sort of be deceiving and hide some of the uh the problems that were right. that we had like i don't you know you look at 3-1 and you think oh it's a dominating performance and we played really well and i think there were some points against fenerbahce where that wasn't true so like but at the end of the day three points we deserve to have three points from that game but that's not what we want to talk about where's today the, people. where's the three to one coming from i didn't know they scored i'm talking about oh they didn't oh yeah what am i talking about yeah I'm, i don't know anyway um i'm tired uh but yeah Anyway, Panathinaikos today, Adi, like I said, Lions share the possession and uh, and nothing comes from it. Like, I want to ask you as well, because we came out with the 4-4-2 today. Maybe this is just a mechanism to get El Arabi back in the team without sitting Tiquinho, who's been in form and scoring goals. Um, we've never really loved the 4-4-2 for Olympiacos. Tiquinho is supposed to be a second striker, but it turns out he's been doing just fine up there on his own. And we do it today and not really much comes out of it. I, I want to know, Adi, what were your thoughts with the 4-4-2? What did you think before the game when we saw that that's what we'd be playing? And then um, how did you react to it? Especially, it seemed like Ed Arabi was finding himself pretty wide uh, as well. I'm not a fan of the 4-4-2. Uh, we brought up uh, a stat about it a few weeks ago that it was of the formations that we've used, it was the worst, if I remember correctly, the worst in terms of XG production. It was, uh, I don't like it. I'm not a huge fan. Uh, I also wasn't a huge fan of El Arabi, but we can get into that later when we're talking more specific with player performances. Um, but if we're, if we're being honest with ourselves, right? Look, I don't like the formation. I'm not a huge fan of it. Did it work? Were we dominant with it was our game plan being enacted and i think that the answer for that is yes because we were dominant in the first half there were there spaces in the midfield yes but overall we were the dominant force in the second half especially there weren't funny thing that goes didn't have a lot i mean maybe one or two chances but nothing super threatening uh there forget those long shots i know some people see some of those long shots alexandropoulos scored one uh, a couple game weeks ago and people think he's so dangerous from out there but guys shots from that distance when you're beyond 22 meters 23 meters we're talking 0 0.01 0 0.02 0 0.03 xg you take that shot 100 times you make it three times it's not a threatening place to take a shot from so if that's all we're giving them then you know the game plan in that respect was successful but the the part that was difficult for us was uh, in the beginning, really breaking in and also getting dangerous opportunities ourselves. We didn't have the most dangerous opportunities, especially in the first half, save for uh, two headers, you know, a, a baby Camara uh, opportunity where uh, maybe he hesitated a second or two because he didn't he didn't know if he wanted to try and settle it and shoot or do the header. And then Tequino getting a little too underneath of the ball instead of over it. Um, it's, uh, it's, it, it's, it's a tough one. Uh, I wasn't too happy with some of the player choices as well within the 4-4-2 system, because there were a lot of guys that, that like Bukalakis has been run into the ground. We talked about last week, like he had the most minutes, only Oleg Rebchuk had more minutes than him. And he's a midfielder. 
He's running a lot more than Oleg, despite the fact that Oleg does a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of running. It's It, it was just really weird. I mean, Bukhalakis needed a rest, and he looked dead. Um, towards the end of the game, there were people that were screaming at him for because of the two giveaways he had. Um, toward, like in the 74th, 75th yep. minute, he had two really bad giveaways in midfield. Guys, he was dead. He just looked dead. And when you're that tired, you're, you're not Your thinking straight. Isn't. Exactly. And the things that normally are, you know, um, what, how do we say, like routine for you, habit, it it, it, it starts to fall apart. And Bukalakis has been run into the ground. And it's something that's concerned me for a while. So part of it was the formation, but also the personnel choice. These guys just played in a European game and they ran their asses off. We should have seen probably a little bit more rotation, especially against the depleted, I don't want to say depleted, but some important pieces missing from this Panathinaiko side from sickness, flu, whatever it was. Just some shocking stuff that we have done time and time and time again against Panathinaikos, even in derbies like these when we play after, after an important Champions League game or yep. European game, I should say. And, you know, and Costa Lianos and I were talking about it on the last podcast. Like, there could always be a hangover. That's always a possibility. But, yeah, I, th- I definitely, we have Kevin Miraras, not to be confused with Kevin Morales, I suppose. But um, Martins fucked it up today, as usual this year. The agendas are back, I suppose. Uh, I mean, definitely, I think the one thing, like you said, Adi Buhalakis really needs a rest, man. Like, I hope. JVS doesn't put him in because, like, I don't really care that much about the ethnic key and I want Buhalakis to get some rest. I'm just going to be honest with it. But um, I was also upset that Martins, as as we've seen him do before, waited such a long time to make substitutions. Like, I was thinking early second half, if not even half time, would be good game script to bring in Valbuena, um, who had basically not played at all. He came in very late against Fenerbahce. He played, he came in in like the 88th minute and we didn't see a single change until the 81st minute, which was Valbuena. But uh, by then I think it was too late. And then, you know, Kunde comes on in the 90th minute. He actually really didn't do that much. That, that was good in my opinion, Adi, but um, I mean, Buhalakis could have came off much earlier. We waited until basically the end of the game to put Ronnie Lopez in for what, you know, it's, these these changes are uh, they're not what I want to see. Um, maybe these changes a bit earlier would have helped, but yeah, I mean, Valbuena, it would have been a great game for Valbuena to come on. Maybe Vrusai as well. I think Agibu and and Masuras all could both kind of deserved an early sub off, and bringing on new players could have potentially brought some uh, some passion and some fire into the team. Yeah. You know, Martins is always kind of awkward. You know, at times we praise him for how, you know, a player could be in form and he rolls with them. Uh, but then at the same time, you have players that jump into form and he just kind of puts them by the wayside. You know, I understand the La La start, right? You know, he did. He looked very, he played well. He, he played well the second half of last game. And I thought he played well today too. But a guy like Brusai, who's also been in form, and we didn't see a start from him today. And this seemed like a game that uh, that he probably would have been maybe helpful in. Uh, it's 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 just there's just some weird things. And then Karbovnik too. Like Karbovnik hasn't looked bad uh, any time that we've played. 
And he, I think he would have been a good addition to bring on towards the end of the game to, you know, to give more life and energy into that right side. Again, not saying that Lala did bad, but Lala was getting tired. Well, and we were even the midfield, less. Adi. Maybe well, even the midfield. Well, Give Buhalaki yes. a rest. Listen, I'm all for Karbatnik in the midfield, but we know very well that this club didn't bring him in to play in the midfield. That just happened to be a caveat that we all saw, and it's something that maybe we hope we'll see, but I don't think that's something we... Uh, we ever will, but I, I don't, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. So, so Martins has some head scratchers, but definitely today, I, I get why he didn't make the changes as early as we would have wanted, mainly because of the stoppages, uh, because of the, the smoke from the flares. He probably thought, oh, they have a rest on the field. They can stay out there longer. And I do understand that there is a, uh, there's something to that. Sitting there breathing in smoke from the flares is not exactly like the most restful experience. <laughs> yeah. Well, you beat me to it. Especially for it. like Kenny Lala. He's like, what the hell is yeah. going on? Like exactly. So <laughs> I mean, I still think some guys needed a break and some things needed to, you know, Buka Likes needed to come off faster uh because he just looked dead. We needed to see uh, I think El Arabi should have be subbed. El Arabi really annoyed me today. He was holding the ball too long, making too many touches. Like there were just some things you know that's uh that I wasn't wasn't happy with on that side. Um and you know, I think we we should kind of pause a little bit here because this question is important. Uh, I was at work, didn't see the game, did we play good at least? You know, the stuff that we're picking apart here, we're not saying that the team played poorly because I thought overall the ball movement was actually quite good. We did dominate yeah. the game. But there yeah. were it was just certain things that, you know, you would think are common sense when when you're going into a game or when you play you just played a European game. You know what I mean? Uh and, and you're actually going for the win. And we kind of reverted to something that doesn't work when we know that four four two hasn't been the best for us. It's been difficult. Four two three one, we jumped back into it, or four one four one even, and it's and that's worked a little bit better. But we're kind of trying to jump back into this. We're outthinking ourselves here. Yeah. So and we did play well to preface, but there are just some things that were a little bit concerning. Yeah, and I like this comment from Fetonos, who also says, "Love the shirt, Adi. Very very nice uh, third kit there." Um, but Fetano says, seems like if El Arabi has the ball, Tiquinho is useless. And if Tiquinho has the ball, El Arabi is useless. And I think this gets at something important, like with Hassan in the four, four, two, you know, we would complain. It's like Hassan does nothing. He touches the ball like eight times in a game and like has, you know, he his his rate of successful actions is so small. He has no ability to be a hold up striker at all. El Arabi and Tiquinho both have that a little bit. Like I've, I've actually really liked Tiquinho's hold up play. He's very strong, of course. He's big, but um, that is best for me as, uh, as a, as a lone striker, right? Like you um, hold, you can being a lone striker still requires that you have good hold up play, and and you know just because El Arabi can pass a little bit and whatnot, I don't think that necessarily means that um, he should play alongside Tikino up top. And and this is something that we've seen quite a bit. I see uh disgraceful that you don't care about the national team. Uh the national there's guys, there's no midweek game for Libyakos. So what do you want uh, from we me, have a midweek like... episode that'll be dedicated to that. But uh, today's gonna be post match Libyakos. 
Um, anyway, have midweek Costa's here. That's more important than the national team. Hi, Costa. How are you doing? What's up, guys? How's it going? What are your What are your thoughts on the game? I assume uh, not very uh, jubilant. It's a late night uh, well, there in, in Brussels. Well, look, the, the title is it's not what we wanted, uh, clearly. I'm sure you guys have talked about the formation already. Um, look, I think when we were texting during the game, I said, if LRB and Antiquino can get a chemistry going, it's going to be unfair for a position in Greece in particular. I just don't think it was the type of game where we needed to try that today. I think, yeah, it's always easy to say this after the game. Um, But I think that if he'd have gone with the known recipe with one up front, it always leaves an option to bring someone like El Arabi on or Tiquinho on, depending on who he would have picked up front at the top. So, you know, I think we dominated the game. We dominated possession. We were never in danger. I don't, I don't think they did anything all game. Just the goal never came. And you're always limited when you start with that 4-4-2. Uh, and he was late, I think, to make changes. Bukhalagisin until the 90th minute. Uh, it was, and something that really pissed me off as well was the beginning of the second half when I think we came out really aggressive and it looked like the goal was the goal was imminent. The goal was imminent, and and then the flares and the smoke bombs and the delay and it it killed the rhythm. And it, I, I think I te- I texted this out and I tweeted it. I said. The well, only the, the, the only thing this is doing is harming us and helping them. Well, uh, Costa, not only did you text us after this happened, but you texted at the beginning of the game and said basically the same thing before this even happened. Because, you know, I was saying like I was sort of jokingly uh, at the you know at the beginning of the game they had the delay, and I was saying like, oh my god, I I, I forgot what this felt like to have nine minutes of stoppage time. I missed the delay. <laughs> you know, it's it's been so long since we've had a a fully packed, fully rowdy Karaiskaki for these derby games. And, and you know, I was just co- sort of having a laugh about it. And um, and you brought up the very good point that, like, when we score a goal and they do it, it's it kind of it, – it basically gives them a timeout, almost like speaking in basketball terms, yeah. right, and yeah. and allows them to reset the momentum. And I it really did. We were really pushing hard at the beginning of the second half, and it surprised me that the, the Flares came out as well. Like, we had – a few minutes of play, I was like, all right, I guess we're, we're making it past the flares. We're not going to have any. And then, um, and the second half comes in and it's like, and, and eventually the flares come out. And so, yeah, absolutely. I think, um, if anything, coordinated efforts to stop when Panathinaikos would be pressing by lighting up flares in that moment would be the best use of them as opposed to after we score a goal or as we're beginning to build up. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I, I think we all love to see the Karaiskaki full after such well close to full after such a long time. Uh, that was wonderful to see. It's just, I mean, it, it did it didn't surprise me. It just annoys me again. Uh, it's like okay, guys, like do it at the beginning of the game, light your flares, uh, get your smoke bombs off, take a few pictures, and then done. Like then just it, it's football. It's ninety minutes. Let the teams play. Let the players play. They're the they're the focus. But okay, this is uh, this is Greece. Well, um, Costa, kind of going back real quick, touching on the formation before we move on to some of the more individual performances. 
you know, you did you did bring up the four four two, but you also brought up that we dominated. So none of us were fans when we saw that it was going to be a four four two. But do you think uh, just Peter and I touched on this already, but I wanted your opinion on it. Do you think that in terms of games from what we saw, the dominance, especially in the second half, and even even though we were still more dominant, I'd say, in the first half, do you consider it a successful strategy considering that we were the dominant ones, not just on the ball, but in most facets of the game? Is it Was it successful today? The, the result notwithstanding. Oh, well, look, uh, let, let me approach it a bit differently. So in the first half, it was a clear 4-4-2 with two strikers at the top. And they came out in the second half and El Arabi was clearly playing out wide on the left and it had switched to a 4-2-3-1 with Agibu kind of playing that role in the middle. So you could see the difference there. And we said already they came out in the second half and we looked we looked really up for it and dangerous. Yeah, was it was it a successful strategy? No, uh, because it, it get like I said before, it it gave us less options in terms of who could we bring on to change the game. Uh, you had okay, we brought Kunde on very late. Uh, I thought I thought taking Masuras off was a mistake. Actually, um, I I just don't think that you you can't take your hottest player off. He scored two goals in the last game. Um, he he, I mean. He looked a bit a bit tired. Yeah. So did so did Bukalakis, by the way. So did Agibu towards the end of the game. So so did a lot of players, and that's normal. I'm not sure that was the that was the right sub. Um, yeah. So it, was it successful? No, it wasn't successful. We didn't win the game. I want to emphasize a point that Costa made and made now and a bit earlier as well. That like we literally have two strikers on the entire squad right now. Um, and so playing a 4-4-2 is, I, I would almost characterize it as risky um, in the sense that if one of them needs to come off either due to injury or, or due to just, you know, playing poorly, it's like you have to change your entire formation. So you're basically setting yourself up to change the formation, which is not always a bad thing, but it just doesn't seem like this is something that we should be starting off as. I see it more as maybe we move into the 4-4-2 in, in an act of, of desperation or needing a goal or something later on, we bring on Tiquinho as a second striker and take off a midfield or whatever it may be. Um, but going, sorting, uh, just quickly, sort of back to Adi's point about was it successful, um, I think the defense and midfield were rather successful in doing what they were supposed to do, which was keeping on to the ball and not letting Panathinaiko sustain possession. But the attack were not successful in doing what they had to do which is why it looked like a game where we were dominating, but we weren't doing fuck all with it because no one was getting, you know, no one was scoring. Um, but that's sort of just the way I see it. The um, I agree actually 100% with uh, Costa's assessment about not taking Masuda off. I'll be honest with you guys, and this may be, I don't know if this is a hot take or not. I would have taken El Arabi off. I'm sorry. I was not happy with his performance today. He held in the first half, especially he was taking an extra touch way too often. Three times his first three touches on the ball, 
It was a quick one touch to play wide or a quick one touch because, and what, but what would he do instead? He would hold the ball and try to dribble. And then he would dribble invariably either into Bukalakis or into Mahdi and bring the defender with him. Now that defender's got both of them and he's covering both of them when he should have played the ball first time and then make the run. The defender then has to make a choice. Does he go for Bukalakis or does he run with El Arabi? And if he goes for Bukalakis, El Arabi opens himself up. Or if he goes after, if he stays with El Arabi, then the space is given for Bukalakis for Mari to dribble forward. Multiple occasions this happened in the final third. And it it's one, it's a huge pet peeve of mine, um, especially for an experienced player like El Arabi who should know better and who has known better in the past. But I think, you know, part when a striker gets in a little bit of a rut, they tend to be more selfish because they, you know, maybe they, they want to do something. They, they're they're trying too hard to do something themselves. I'm willing to accept that. But I would have, I would have probably taken him off in the end. I would have taken off probably first instead of Masuras. I would have kept Masuras on there. And that's that's how I view it. I I think I agree with that. He took too many touches. It just looked like he was trying to show or do too much. The other thing I'd say is that I think yeah, Martins is trying too hard to just mold this four four two. I yeah. get it, but like I said at the beginning, it's just it wasn't it wasn't the game to do that. Um, no, I think I, I think Jovanovic read the game quite well. I have yep. to say, uh, in the first half, they it wasn't a high press, but they had like they had four, five, maybe six players in our half, kind of just sitting there and saying, go on then, build up. Did they know that M M Villa wasn't playing and that Bukalagis is tired and we were having a bit of trouble getting the ball out of our own half and yeah, it was risky. We managed to get to, to break that to break that press a few times. But no, overall I think credit credit to Jovanovic. I thought he read the game quite well and and yeah, I, I think four four two in retrospect wasn't the best choice. Well, uh, there's a comment here from Stefano Sayanidis, so we're going to act like Martin's game management isn't an issue. Stefano, I don't know when, when you tuned in, but that's actually kind of mostly what we're saying is that we, mo you know, the game management was an issue. Uh, he waited too long to make some adjustments. He did do some things that. In, did invariably work, but in the end, when you don't score and that's the result, yeah, no, a lot. Some of that falls on him. Uh, th these are our complaints: playing some players too much. Um, in our group chat, actually, Costas Lianos was uh, constantly talking about. He brought up multiple times how, in the past, against Panathinaikos, we've had the similar similar issues, uh, where we would have a big European game and then play the same players in the derby game, and they're dead tired. And results like this happen. The writing was almost on the wall. So, no, you're right. Mar Martin's game management was an issue today. And we're, we're not acting like otherwise because it, it is. It's, it very much is. I don't mean to change the conversation, but so we're third in the league right now. I think Bauk has 12 points. We're, uh, they're tied with Volos. Volos and, we're on, yeah. and we're on nine, I think. We're two points, we're two points behind the top two. Um we go to Yanina, who are below us, just below us when we come back. Volos and Bauk play each other when we come back. Then we go to Frankfurt, and then we play Bauk at home. 
Uh, 11 points. We have 11 points. So we're one point behind the leader. Right. But that's that's a crazy, crazy yeah. couple of games that, that's coming up. Uh, and that's good for the league. Like it's, it's early days. And in the grand scheme of things, drawing against Panathinaikos in what is it, the fourth or fifth fixture of the league, it doesn't mean doesn't mean much um it's good uh it's it's exciting i think that needs to be said as well that the the balk volos game is going to be interesting and we're, we're going to away to yanina which is a difficult place to go and uh and yeah no that's i think like i said it's interesting and it makes the league more exciting it's not going to be i i dare say it now it's not going to be one of those years where we win the, we win the league by by 20 points in january it's not going to yeah. be like that this year well, two quick things to add on to that tangent. Yanina is also undefeated. And if anybody's been watching, I've watched all of their games. But Yanina is the same Yanina from last year in that they that don't shy away from trouble. big games. They're very competitive. So you, that's not a game that we can take lightly. They, they, are, they are going to be a tough team for us to play against. And uh, a little, little quick uh, random thing from Nick Alatakis. Uh, Maswaku is a legend. I spoke to him today after the West Ham game, and he still loves Olympiacos. Maswaki will always be in our hearts. Lambro's especially. Lambro's a huge fan. Lambro, what are you, what are you What's doing up? here? What's up, nerds? It's a rainy night here in Genève. I just got done watching a game at a friend's place, so I wanted to check in real quick. Disappointing you night. you like a phone booth right now? I'm just wearing like a poncho because I'm about oh, to bike wow. home. So, But Look I wanted to jump trip. in. I'm looking fly. I can't. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, everyone, I just want to say disappointing night. I was optimistic. I thought we had some good chances. Four four two sucks. Elarabi and Tequino together sucks. Uh, Lumber, one more thing. Did tonight. you did you Tell fill me. out your Kenny Lala apology form? Yes, no, you should be I the first it. that has to fill that out. He was fine. He was fine. But I, I still rate Karbovnik over him. But that's a different story. Um, Kunde was poor tonight. Valbuena was decent. What else? What else do I have to say? Real quick, because I don't want to use all my data. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not too disappointed. It's always not fun not winning against Panathinaikos, but fuck it, we move. Greek national team sucks. Sucks next week. That sucks. Nikos Kalafakis is not going to like that. <laughs> yeah, does anyone like our national team? I don't know. But anyway, guys, like disappointing tonight not to win, but I don't know. I, I just, yeah, I'm not super, super disappointed. I'm pissed, of course, but I don't know. Agi Bukamara should have come off, too. I like him much more in the center. I don't think I like him that much on the wing. That's it, guys. I'm going to head out. I'm going to catch my bike. I got my helmet on because it's raining. Man. All right. Ciao, boys. Bye. Safety first. Take care. Yeah. Vlambro actually brought up Agibu. We have to talk about, like, once again, it's he's so close, right? But the decision-making, those, those snap decisions, shoot or pass, or, you know, when to pass, who to pass to, He's got to work on those still, and it's like it's it's almost there. But you sometimes he just makes those little errors. Um, you could sort of see it like with that one. Uh, he Lala, I think, crossed it in, and he headed it and tried to square it to Tiquinho. He could have honestly gone for goal himself, you know. And and I wonder if he was sort of struggling to make that decision, got indecisive, and then just sort of put it between them. And we see it a lot more times with you know passing when he should shoot and shooting when he should pass. Sometimes maybe a bit yeah. selfish as well, but. There He's was a young no... player. He's a young player. I don't know what there is to say, but it's definitely yeah. something to keep an eye on. There was one in the second half that was bad, like where he, he had the ball out on the left-hand side, and I think Maddie was waiting at the edge of the box and was like, give it to him. <laughs> he took a shot instead of passing it. But 
It is guys. I think he played one league game for yep. Lille last season. It's like the the guys never he's played one league game in his whole life until he came to Greece. So what we're seeing from him is it's it's getting better every game. And he yeah. you see he he took responsibility so many times during the game. Just took took the ball. He ran at people. He he came back to defend. Got stuck in. Was getting tackles. Really, I was thinking this earlier in the week. If you're the manager, him and Masuras and and Bachlik and you know those, he's one of those players that's immediately on the team sheet every game. And I like him in the centre more as well. I was because he came as a winger, but after seeing him against Fener, the way he presses, uh, I'm, I, I'm loving it. I'm loving seeing him in the middle. Yeah, and he I did. Third, yeah, he did I do some good that. things today. I will definitely third all of your notions that uh, I like him better more in the middle. Also, his can we talk about him on the ball, especially on the dribble? How quick he can change direction and those those quick bursts that he oh god, he is going to be so much fun to watch, guys. He just turned, uh, he just turned. What was it yesterday? He turned twenty. I mean, I I foresee a bright a bright future for him he's he's one of those kids where like when when you see that uh when you see like the an instance like that where Madi was right there wide open you could have just laid the ball off for him to get a shot and you don't do it you, you don't get as mad at a younger player like Adibu Kamara who does give you a lot of because you know he's going to grow out of it it's the older players where you get really annoyed they should know better in those situations um but I I I also agree I think he should have been subbed off because he started to look quite gassed but that's also more on Martin's manager. I have a question, and I, as much as I hate or dislike crapping on Bukhalakis, I was watching the game with the Brussels, um, with the Brussels fan club here, and my God, that last ten minutes before he got subbed off. The amount of misplaced passes or like passes that you just gave to the opposition and then you know he'd win the ball back and the commentator would be like he like I don't know what the commentator was saying it's just like oh for, ah he frustrated me so much like I, I don't know what it was like for you no yeah the there especially like that 74th 75th 76th minute where it seemed like he touched the ball like two or like anytime he got the ball it was just directly. It was like two or three in a row. That especially, I was like, get him off. The guy, his feet look like lead weights. Get him off. He needed to come off 10 minutes ago. I'm a, I agree with you there. And I, I am a huge, staunch defender of Bukhala. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, I'm with you. It, 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 so, can we say early on in the season that we're never going to see Madi Kamara play with Kunde in the middle? Because... I have this feeling that he Martins has in in his mind that nah, it's just there's no maybe the balance between them isn't good. Uh, he needs somebody to cover the defense, and they're both very attack minded. I just get that that feeling that we might never see those two play together in the middle. You don't Am think it's because Kunde was was doing something with Martins' wife? <laughs> that was our original hypothesis, right? <laughs> I mean, it it comes to a point where Buhalakis is so dead. 
we have to, I feel like we must at least try it. And with Mvila out, we don't have the option to play Mvila and Kunde together at the moment. But yeah, we have to we have to give Buhalakis a rest at some point. Maybe the international break will do that for him. But, oh, no, no, well, <laughs> he's gonna play 90 minutes both games for sure. JVS, my friend, I've heard you're on the social media. I've heard I've heard you respond to tweets from time to time. If you were seeing this. Alexandropoulos looked a player today. Um, Shiopis, top top midfielder. Galanopoulos, maybe. Just don't don't worry about Buhalakis. He's uh, he hasn't played a lot lately for Olympiacos, and you know it's it's like Fortunis last year. Just don't play him uh, for no reason. That's that's yeah. what I would like you to do. He's, guys, he's played Buhalakis has played almost twelve hundred minutes this season. Don't it's tell JBS. There, there are players that don't even not play that in a whole season, and he's played 1,200 minutes, and we're, we just started October. We're not even including today's game. If we include his minutes from today's game, it is over 1,200 minutes. It's crazy. That's a lot of time he has. The only other player on the team that's played more than him is Rebsha. Def- he has more minutes than all of our other defenders. It's absurd. He has played a lot. He needs a rest. It's crazy. You're absolutely right, Adi, but Mar- we know how Martins is. But, uh, yeah, I mean, what else is there to talk about today? We we briefly touched on Kenny Lala, who had another decent game. I thought especially in the first half he was nice. But, obviously, you know, still need to see a little bit more from him. Let's just make sure that this is going to consistently come out. Um, but, you know, it's it's promising and, and nice that Martins has given him the game. Um Oleg, I think, played reasonably well. His crosses are looking looking a bit better. Um, his numbers are getting better over the course of the season as well. Costa, you took a breath. <laughs> his crossing has improved for sure. I've, it's not I've Trent Alexander Arnold, guys. I know, but like, but you, you saw towards the end of the game that we were looking to get balls into the box, and the ball was kind of in the left of the left center of midfield, and Oleg was free on the left hand side. And I don't know if it was just me, but I saw a certain hesitation to play the ball out to the left to Oleg. Because it's like, if if you're waiting for for a, a late winner from an Oleg cross, you know, you've got to, I don't know, man. Like, um, but I, I got the sense that the players also were searching for a different option. But anyway, who else... I thought, yeah, Kenny did have a really good game. I thought he was our best player in the first half. I thought Socrates and and Cisse looked good together today. They did their job. We, we we were never we were never in danger at any point. No. At any point during the game, we weren't we weren't threatened. So, oh, um, there's we uh, have a comment from Muscarius. <laughs> first, quick one. Today is Kenny Lala's birthday. I forgot about that. Pertura, my friend Kenny. With love, happy birthday. Enjoy your day. I know it's hard with the draw, but there you go. Anyway, thank you for, for reminding us that. Adi, we do have more comments, I believe. Yeah, there is a, there's another comment here. And Costa, you, you did touch on this earlier um, uh, from Costa Dinos Lagos. It's like a three-parter here. I'm surprised by the hysterical blaming of Gate 7 I've seen on some comments. Gate 7 is like 90% of the atmosphere in Karaskaiki at the moment. The rest of the ground needs to step up. Wasn't ideal for rhythm, but 
but gate seven has driven us to many great victories. Look, Costa, the, the, uh, the reason that a lot of people are upset with them is for the same reason Costa brought up earlier. That the, the, what they did when the second half started, or what was it, like eight minutes after the start of the second half, a few minutes afterwards, it did disrupt our rhythm. And it's really important. And that can't be understated. You really can't understate that. I mean, how when you're playing on the field, regardless of whether you're, you're at an amateur level or not, have you ever had a game break for some reason or somebody stops it and then if you were, if you guys were on a roll, then that momentum drops and all of a sudden this game starts back up and it screws you up. It does. And we can, we can say that they make a great atmosphere, but we can also say that their timing is shit. Can we? The two aren't mutually exclusive. Did Martin say anything about that in the post-match? I didn't he watch looked, the post-match. Because he looked pissed off as well. Like when they zoomed in on him at some point. Yeah, he, they, he did. I doubt he would, but I, you're you're absolutely right. He he did not look very very happy that the game was but being delayed. You, you you could hear the announcers from the from the from the stadium saying, you know, please stop. It's like yeah. you know you know you know what Greeks are like. You'd yeah. you'd, you'd be better off saying please light more flare <laughs> <laughs> instead of telling them to stop. Also, the the guy, the, the guy on the loudspeaker, he was like screaming into it too. It was it was hilarious, but yeah. anyway, such is such is the nature of, of Greek it's, football. It's just like I said earlier. It's just been so long since I've seen twelve minutes pop up on the stoppage time clock. It's <laughs> only in Greece, right? And it's it's only uh, in bulk, only in bulk games when they're not winning. <laughs> oh my goodness! <sighs> Do we have anything else, lads? Chat chat any questions in chat to to give us to further the conversation i like we said the defense was was relatively you know business as usual i thought we looked decent on set pieces today especially early on in the game i was hoping cisse would get a goal um it looked like they were having trouble marking him but at the end of the day set pieces are a bit of a roll of the dice so you know we obviously didn't Nikolakopoulos did write something interesting for once. Um, he said that Cisse should be scoring 10 goals a season, and I agree with him. Yeah. So Cisse should be scoring 10 goals a season. The amount of headers that he gets from set pieces, he's already scored two. He can easily can easily do that. And he, he I, I'm afraid to say it, but he looks like he's... He really has done a lot of work in uh, improving his concentration and eradicating those those classic Cisse errors that you expect during the game when you think, oh, you know, the ball's going towards Cisse and you're like, oh God, like, is he going to kick it like properly or is he going to miss kick it and the, the, the attacker's going to go through? Uh, credit to him. If he continues like that, um, we're going to get more money for him than than we thought we would. We wanted what thirteen million on the option Something from like ten to ten. Yeah, we're yep. going to get way more. We're going to get way more. Yeah. Can we briefly comment on when uh, when Balbuena came on the field, the link up between Balbuena and Kenny Lala, because that was something that was of interest to me, and it was also something that Marcial brought up uh, when we were talking about just as the match ended in our group chat, and I, I wanted to talk about that because I thought that was interesting. Um, seeing how well that they work together. Because let's be honest, that until this game, we hadn't really seen Kenny able to link up with anybody. Uh, um, too well, at least. It was, now, again, I'm not saying that he's crappy. I'm just saying he, there, 
we haven't seen that type of interplay or that that uh, on-field relationship develop with anybody. But with Valbuena, it seemed like it was there. Um, so what did you guys think about that? Yeah, I mean, I agree. Um, it's something that it's difficult because Valbuena is not supposed to be a player that is on the pitch for every minute of the game for us, right? And so, um, like I said earlier, I would have loved to see Valbuena come on a bit earlier. Um, I do think that, you know, they do have a bit of connection, whether it's maybe just cliche because they're both French, I don't know. But um, it seems like maybe Kenny is is beginning to sort of instinctually know where he's going. You're muted, Costa. Breaking news. This is this is big. Olibiakos just put out an official statement, and I'm gonna try and translate it now. It's about what we talked about. It's about the atmosphere. Okay. So sorry, this is in Greek, so I'm gonna try and loosely translate this. We as Bayer Olibiagos, we ask, uh, we apologize from, uh, we apologize to our fans, the coach, and our athletes. It's the last time that we allow 50 anegefalus, so anegefalus loosely translates to 50 idiots. It's the last time we allow 50 idiots to ruin the atmosphere. And kill the rhythm and basically kill the rhythm of the game. What we've been talking about. Uh, and then it says, yeah, basically, if people can't learn self-control, they'll, ne they'll never be let into the stadium again. Uh, even if that means we have to close. Ακόμα και αν αυτό σημαίνει ότι θα κλείσουν θύρες του γηπέδου. Which means, even if that means we have to close um gates of the stadium well there is a gate that they're implying they're just not saying it outright jeez the implication is that's wow. huge. have we ever heard anything no. like that from no. the club before never wow that's crazy that is that's a very huge. like i mean you uh you of course it's a translation but it gives off a very stern like we're not messing around um tone to me wow that's that's that's, that's huge that's, that's huge. never it really is that's yeah. never been done before well I'm, I'm kind of speechless with that i never thought i'd see the day to be honest with you that's crazy <laughs> now do you think we actually next derby do you think we actually uh is, does, does this affect anything they'll talk to them the, the, sure. Clearly, clearly, if there's been an official communication, that means uh, that means the vice president's involved, not just the director of communication. And the vice president is close with these guys, so they're going to talk to them. There's uh, two comments from Fetanos here. One, Peter and I briefly touched on it earlier. Why was Karbovnik suddenly dropped from the starting eleven? Um, I, I am I'm going to believe that it was because of Lala's second half performance. Probably maybe he's also doing well in training. So in, in a lot of ways, we have seen Pedro Martins go with hot, the hot hand. Like look at Mario's Broussai last year. Mario's Broussai, when he played, had that first appearance against Manchester City, and he did really well. We started to see more of him get sprinkled. He does do that. 
Unfortunately, he doesn't do it all the time, and it would have been nice to see maybe Brusai get a run in today, uh, you know, uh, maybe for El Arabi or, or earlier on or something like that. But um, he usually is pretty good with that, and you do like to stick with players that are in form. So I'm okay with that. Uh, and then Fethano has a uh, an observation here. Roni looks like he has lost some weight. The double chin is gone. He did look a little bit. He's more looking focused. a bit less like Ted Cruz, right, Adi? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you you had to go there. Why did you do that? <laughs> but no, he, he did. He did look like he wasn't on the Suvlaki diet. I don't think he's yes. on the Suvlaki diet anymore, Ari. Yeah, he did seem really nice. slow. He only got the ball a couple of times before the game ended, but the, the change of direction looked better. I did yes. think he was actually able to move the ball, and part of that we could say maybe the the, the Coast players were tired, so maybe it further emphasized that, but I didn't think he looked as slow on the ball, which is a good thing, and I hope that means we're going to see more of him. Well, guys, it's uh, it's about that time. Shall we get quickly into man of the match and coach's grade for today? I know not the most uh, extravagant time to offer a man of the match. It's always a, a bit blah. I'll go with Kenny Lala, if anything, just for the the memes and and because of my previous uh, statements on Kenny and because it's his birthday, he can get for a present the man of the match award from me. Um, to be honest, in general, the reason I can say that as well is there's not a lot of standout performances. I think you could say Socrates as well had a very solid game at the back. He made some very key tackles. Um, and Cissé also played well, but I want Cissé to score a header because he's 6'4 and can jump over everyone. So uh, he he is slightly uh, coming up short there. Uh, for the coach's grade, I'm going to go with a C. Uh, I'm a bit upset. Not as much at the 4-4-2, but more at the lack of changes and... Um, it's not surprising. It's it's. I'm disappointed, but not surprised because Martins does this frequently, uh, where he does not make the changes soon enough. And today was another. Uh, we went 80 minutes without making a single change, guys. Uh, it, with a lot of players on the pitch who were were clearly and obviously fatigued, as we've talked about. So that is very frustrating for me. I think I, I genuinely think if we would have made some changes earlier, even if we kept the same formation. Uh, we could have potentially had enough freshness to get a ball in the back of the net, but we did not do that. So for me, it is a C for Martins. I guess I guess I'll go next. Um, uh, man of the match. Um, you know, just to be different, you went with Lala. Uh, I will I will give it to Socrates only because in tight games like this where we don't score, it is also important that we don't allow them to score. And part of the reason for that is because Socrates and, you know, and Cissé as well, but I think Socrates really threw his weight around in a lot of those scenarios when they could have had dangerous opportunities. I think you could also even give a shout out to baby Camara because he also, he might have made some bad decisions in that final third when we got there, but some of those opportunities came at the direct result of him his effort and his ability to win the ball and get forward into those positions. So I think there's an honorable mention for there too. Um, so I'm, but I'm going to give it to Socrates and my, my coaching grade for Martins. Um, I've been seeing comments as we've been streaming about uh, with Martins blaming the referees uh, for things. And uh, I don't like that. Uh, he, this season more than any other season, 
I've seen Mart. We've heard Martins now blame the referees for things. I'm uh, I'm not about that. I'm also I'm going to give Martins just the flat C. Um, uh, again, there were some change. There were a couple of changes he made that I thought were good, but I thought it was unacceptable to wait so long to have a sub. Um, I thought it was unacceptable to play so many players uh, that were fatigued and leave them in for so long. I didn't like the 4-4-2 to start with. I thought it was a mistake, um, even if it didn't play out as badly as we thought. Um, so I, he gets a C. He gets a C for me. Um, all in all. There's not a lot more I can add, really. Um, between between Socrates and and Lala, which was good to see him show what he did, particularly in the first half. What can you say when it's a drab nil-nil draw? It wasn't. I thought, yeah, Erythrolevki Mastura, our friend here, Agibu MVP. I thought Agibu had a good game. Um, that's you know, that's as far as it goes. It's coach is great. I agree with both of you. Martins, Martins gets to see for me for all the reasons that you guys stated and all the reasons we, we discussed already. Well, there you have it, lads. Not the best day out from Martins, but we, we continue on still. I still don't want to hear sack Martins anywhere in the comments or anything like that. we got to be behind our manager, but um, definitely want some of those things to be better. Nikos Kalathaki says, know how you feel, Pete. West Ham manager David Moyes made zero subs today against Brentford, and we conceded in the 95th minute. It's tough. It's a tough scene. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, anyways, thank you so much for watching, everybody. Make sure to subscribe right now. Do it right now. I'm going to just pause and let you subscribe. We'll give you a second. <laughs> I'm actually not going to start until you click subscribe, guys. So I'll just sit here. But it really does help. Like, leave us a like, subscribe, keep it coming, okay. guys. Thanks for subscribing. I'm glad everyone finally clicked <laughs> it. Um, yeah, so there we go. Um, share with your friends if you enjoyed. Uh, if you've got anyone in your life who is an Olympiakos fan or a Greek football fan, we've got Ethniki coming up. My favorite time of year. Hell yeah. We're going to have content coming out about that. And actually, I have one more shout out to make. I have something I want to say as international break is approaching. Costa, are you ready for this? It's oh, coming home. It's coming home. Football's coming home. Why? It's coming home. Why? The best, the best Why? English defender. The best English defender has been called up again to the national team. Oh. Gareth Southgate has seen past his British bias, and I don't want to say racism. I won't say it, but people <laughs> are saying it. Fikayo Tomori is a three Lions player again. He is better than all of the center backs that England have, and he should start. He is the future, and one of he will be one of the best defenders on planet Earth in just a couple of years. He's already playing at a top level. And it took Southgate so darn long to make the call, but he has done it. And if Fikayo Tomori starts and plays, England will win the World Cup. You're hearing it from me right now. John Stones, bye-bye. Anyways. He wouldn't be the first one I get rid of, by the way. Not even John Stones. There's another one with a big slab head. Well, he can go as well, Costa, <laughs> but it doesn't matter because Tomori's better than them all. And 
in Qatar, everyone will see the truth. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for watching. Ethnic Key coming soon, everybody, for those who enjoy. And uh, once that's done, we'll be back to the good stuff with Olympiacos. The season pushes on. It's that time of year. Have a great rest of your week, everybody. We will see you very soon. You just listened to an episode of the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Brussels to Tokyo, from Toronto to Geneva. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you will never miss out on the latest updates and stories of the team you love. If you liked what you heard, make sure to follow us on social media at Gate7INTL. Give us a subscribe on YouTube or even leave a review on all our podcast channels. Until next time, this is our team, our city and our story. Thrilos, you say. Στο μυαλό κάτι μαγικό.